0: welcome to Unschooling Conversations. Today I am joined by Angela Harders and in this episode we are going to share with you um, our unschooling journeys. Um, I'm Heidi Steele, I'm a former teacher and unschooling parent to four school-aged children who are happy and um, they're happy living and learning as they go. Uh, They've always been unschooled um, and we have been doing this for almost 10 years. I blog regularly, I organize coaching courses and mentoring services on unschooling, which you can find out more about at liveplaylearn.org. And you can also find me on Facebook at Live Play Learn, where I provide daily support and encouragement for your unschooling families. So hi, Angela, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about about um, yourself and your family? Sure. Uh,
1: My name is Angela Harders. I am a certified bilingual teacher right outside of Washington, D.C. I have uh, two children, my seven-year-old daughter Sophia and a three-year-old son Benjamin. And um,
0: even though I'm a public school teacher, we are an unschooling family. Fabulous. Now, lots of uh, my listeners Um, are from the UK so I am going to ask you if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about um, where you live and what it's what it's like there and and remember that um, you know no detail is too insignificant because lots of us probably um, don't have the experience of 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 living (laughs) in near Washington DC so you go for it tell us a bit about where you live. Sure. So
1: I live about 20 minutes from the White House. Um, I actually live in Maryland, which is just to the north of um, Washington, D.C. And I live in one of the largest and teach in one of the largest districts in the entire country. So the school that I teach at, um, I teach special education at a high school, which is grades nine through 12. And um, my school has over 2,000 students in it. So it's a very, very large school. yeah. So that's kind of what our district is. I live in like a neighborhood, kind of like what you would see in in the movies, what would be, I guess, called a suburb. Um, so it's not quite the country, but also definitely not city life either. I'm kind of in this happy medium in the middle um, where, you know, where our kids can go outside and ride bikes and we have a forest area close by so they can go and explore there. Um, but we're also really close to grocery stores and and things like that. So that's kind of what it's like where we live
0: in the suburb area. Fabulous. I don't want to sound entirely British, but I would really like to know. So it's so we're recording this um, just at the end of September. And I would really like to know what the weather is like uh, for you right now.
1: So it is warm. I'm not sure what the temperature is in Celsius, but in Fahrenheit, Yay. it's been about in like the 70s, um, but it's definitely starting to get a little bit colder. Um, So now towards the end of September, you'll see people, you know, wearing shorts. like I have a short sleeve shirt on, um, but they'll have like pants with a short sleeve shirt or something. So um, it's definitely starting to get cooler, but it's, it's still nice and warm that we can be outside. This is actually my favorite time of year because it's not really, really, really hot, like how it is in the summer. um, And it's also not terribly freezing either. So this is, for me, this is perfect.
0: Yeah, mine too. I agree. I agree. Um, I love um, going into autumn um, and I love coming out the other side into spring as well that's sort of just um, nicely warm weather Um, so tell us a little bit about um, what you are up to as an unschooling family at the moment how do you spend your days Um, what your children what your children enjoy doing
1: Yeah, so we actually are really fortunate to live in an area that has a lot of other unschooling families. So in um, our area, we actually have to register as homeschoolers. So um, any child that wants to homeschool, you have to notify your county that you're going to pull your children out of the public school system. And here we have the ability to either be supervised by the county or to be supervised by another organization called an Umbrella. Um, and so since I did not want to deal with the county at all, I chose to go with an umbrella and our umbrella is actually unschooling friendly. So they supervise our homeschooling and uh, most other people have to actually present a portfolio. I don't know. Do you guys have to do that in the in the UK? Like, do you have
0: to keep a portfolio of all their work and show it to someone or? No, this might be a good point to um, to intervene and say in the UK, we do not have to register. Uh, So if your child has never been um, to school, um, there is um, no avenue or no requirement by law for you to register. If your child has been in school, um, you deregister from school and they will notify your local authority um, who have um, some responsibility. Um, to ensure that your children are receiving um, a suitable education. Um, But there are some um, there's some law and some guidelines around how they are to do that um, and what they can and cannot do. Um, So predominantly in the UK, if the local authority um, inquires of you about your home educating and what's taking place in your home, Um, the, particularly for underschoolers, the advice is to write a report. It's lovely. (laughs) You have so much freedom. Well, and, and here every state
1: is different. So every state has different requirements and the state that I'm in, um, we are required to teach eight different subjects. um, And then we have to demonstrate that we've taught them over 180, days. Um, and so typically the county will have you produce some sort of a portfolio um, where you have to provide proof of all of their work, but not just their work. You have to prove that you have taught them over you know, the 180 day requirement that they have for us and that you've covered all eight subjects thoroughly throughout those 180 days. Um, so they have a lot of requirements for the, the county in that sense. And actually my first experience with homeschoolers was helping another family I was because I was a teacher I also tutor on the side and there was a family that came to me that they did their homeschooling through the county and the county felt like they didn't show them enough proof that they had done enough Mm -hmm. and so they were actually threatening to charge them with neglect and um and have them have some pretty hefty penalties for for not being able to prove that they had done enough to whatever they thought was enough. Um, and they were at risk of losing the right to be able to homeschool um, and being forced to put their children back in school if they couldn't do that. So that was actually my first encounter with homeschooling families and helping homeschoolers, um, was helping wow. this family avoid being charged with neglect of their children um, because they didn't save all the worksheets that they had done over the whole year. Um, wow. Yeah. So that was our first thing. So I'm really fortunate that I've connected with this group of unschoolers. um, That is the umbrella organization that we go with. And so ours actually is um, they meet in person three days a week. So Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, um, my kids go there and there's a group of about 90 kids that go to this facility. It's basically an unschool school. Um, They have a room for all the different kinds of subject areas. So they'll have a, a, you know, a library, a music room, an art room, a science room. Um, they have like a stage with dress up things for kids that wanna do that. They have a commercial kitchen. So if kids wanna do, learn how to cook, they have a chef, a professional chef that comes and provides free classes on how to cook in a commercial kitchen. Um, they have a courtyard where the kids are learning like sustainable growing if they want to. They have an outdoor area. Um, so literally any interest that a child could have, they're able to to do it there. And, um, and so we have loved that. It has kind of been our oasis in the middle of all the craziness with the pandemic to be able to get together with these other families. Um, they were open the whole time, which was nice. So we were able to get together and meet and have our kids be able to play while the rest of the kids in the county were stuck at home on Zoom all day. And we were playing and having fun and enjoying life. Um, so yeah so that's that's where we go Monday, Wednesday and Fridays and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays I actually started a group um, because my passion is real life experiential learning and of course being in the DC area we have access to so many different museums and um, historical sites and things like that so on Tuesdays and Thursdays I usually plan um, some sort of day trip or something um, and I invite uh, I have a Facebook group and so I have over hundred families that are in there and I just, put out our calendar for the month of these are all the different places that we're going to go. And um, I try really hard to become a a tourist almost of of the place where I live. Um, I've been born and raised here, but I feel like I haven't really explored where I live until I started unschooling. And I was like, I want to know what kind of fun things there are to do in in my area. Um, So that's what we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And um, I actually started a day programs uh, for homeschoolers. So for other families that have to work. Um, so I have my kids plus three other kids that come with us and they participate in all the activities with us and, um, yeah. And so we go to parks and nature centers and beaches and museums and, um, anywhere we can go basically that's outside and we can avoid a lot of the COVID restrictions. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what a day in the life looks like for us or our weekly schedule typically looks like
0: that's fabulous we I did a um so I uh host a monthly webinar um with um a, my lovely friend Naomi Fisher and one of the questions somebody asked us in that webinar was um you know do we have to be all out unschooling for it to be successful um mm. to which my answer was obviously yes because Um, I think if you're going to aim high, like do it properly, Um, but you go all in. in. But you've raised an interesting point, which is that actually around the world, there are different uh, restrictions and requirements under law, depending on where you live, about what is actually required. Um, And we um, have to... um, You know, either take those seriously or I interviewed um, somebody else who actually even um, moved countries so that they could have um, more freedom Um, or be creative about like you are giving here examples about being creative about how you are meeting um, those requirements whilst also being, you know, true to, you know, what you believe is a great educational um, philosophy. Um, I'm going to just mention a few things about um, the law in the UK um, because I think this would be a really um, good point to do that and I've never covered it before in the podcast and it'll be really interesting um, for, for you to get a good comparison about um, what it's like um, here. So if the uh, local thor- local authority do um, contact you, There are some things that you do not have to do, and it's important that we mention the things that you do not have to do, because these are often the things that the local authority will suggest that (laughs) might happen. Um, So it's useful to actually mention that um, you don't have to. Um, So you don't have to let them in your house or accept Mm -hmm. visits or telephone consultations. You don't have to complete the forms that they um, give you. Um, The forms here are often sort of school based and based on school type learning. So uh, maybe put into subject headings that, um, you know, as unschoolers as we might find that tricky, although it's not impossible um, to do. Um, And they don't the forms don't often actually reflect um, the range of home educating options um, that there there are for people. Um, Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be subject to constant monitoring. Um, Local authorities are permitted to make um, what's called informal inquiries um, and it's suggested that annual contact is sufficient um, enough so if they're contacting you uh, more than annually, um, then you are within your right to uh, refer them back to your previous contact um, and then say that you will happily respond to them, you know, a year from the date of the original contact. Um, there are other things that you don't have to do either. Um, I am actually reading this directly off, off of my own website. <laughs> uh, so, if go, know, so if people wanted to go and, and look it up, that's um, liveplaylearn.org. So the information is there. Um, but as home educating parents, you're not required to have a timetable or set hours of education or observe school hours. Um, there are no legal requirements for children at home to do any of the following Uh, acquire specific qualifications have um, a premises equipped to any particular standard aim so you don't have to aim for the child to oh um i've written that twice aim for the child to acquire specific qualifications i've written that twice um you don't have to teach the national curriculum. So the national curriculum here is the um, curriculum by law that they teach in schools. Um, And linked to that is you don't have to provide a broad and balanced curriculum, which is sort of the subheading of the national curriculum. It's Uh that... to be broad and balanced. Uh, We don't have to supply that. Um, You don't have to make detailed lesson plans. You don't have to give formal lessons. You don't have to mark work done by your child. You don't have to formally assess their progress or set objectives. Um, You don't have to produce school-type peer group socialisation. And you do not have to match school-based standards Um, According to your child's age or school year group, so there are just a few things um, that are useful to know um, if you are unschooling in the UK. Anyway, so back to you. (laughs) Um, That's really. How did you find out about unschooling? Oh, I love this question.
1: So I actually. I actually found unschooling um, through being a gentle parent. Um, So and I guess I found gentle parenting through being an attachment parent. Um, When I became a mom, I kind of I feel like we all start being parents and we have these ideas of all these things that we're going to do or not do. And then when you're actually a mom, it was kind of like all that I just (laughs) threw out the window, all the things that I was planning to do, I just didn't do and did everything so differently. Um, I really clicked with the attachment parenting style of um, parenting a newborn or a baby. And so I did a lot of um, like baby wearing and breastfeeding and co-sleeping and all of those kinds of things. And it was really important me to, to really important to me to have um, like a loving and connected relationship with my baby. And so I feel like that naturally blossomed into having a loving, connected relationship with my toddler. Um, and so I ended up um, researching when my daughter was around one. I started researching about um, what the Bible says about spanking because I wanted to make sure I was doing that one right. Um, I was planning to spank her. And through my research, I discovered that there really is no biblical basis for hitting a child. And that was like totally mind-blowing to me. And I shared what I had been researching with everyone that I knew. And so I ended up having several people say you need to put this into a book so other people can have access to this and so i did so i published my first book gospel-based parenting about my journey into gentle parenting um and then as my daughter started approaching school age i really started thinking about how can i apply these principles of respect and kindness and gentleness when it comes to our approach to education and so it was kind of out of that same vein of wanting to treat my daughter with love and kindness and respect um, as an infant, as a toddler, and then now as a five-year-old who's having to go to school. Um, and around that same time, I had, um, I had started reading books by John Taylor Gatto, uh, Dumbing Us Down. Someone had recommended that book to me, and I read it. And it was just, I felt like my heart was breaking with every page because I could see everything that he was writing about in his book, you know, decades ago, I was still seeing in my classroom every single day. And um, at that time I was teaching algebra two at, uh, at my high school and I was just devastated. You know, the the kids were bored out of their minds. They were miserable. And I just kept thinking, why are we, yes, I love that book. Uh, So dumbing us down um, so that was the first one that kind of got me thinking, like, why are we doing what we're doing? Um, and, and so I was reading this book while I was teaching public school. And I remember sitting in class and just thinking, you know, we were talking about how to graph a quadratic function. And we had spent weeks working on graphing quadratic functions. And I remember thinking, I have not done this since I was in high school. Why are we spending so much time and energy and effort doing these things that, don't matter in real life, you know, things that they're probably never going to l- use, things that aren't serving them, things they're totally bored about, not interested in. Like, why are we forcing kids to learn these things? Um, and so I started thinking about that. And then that led me to look into John Holt's book um, about how children learn, because I was learning about learning and the ways that kids learn best. And so that book, um, that, <laughs> so you're going back to the bookshelf. I'm assuming you have that one. So after John Taylor Gatto's book, I started reading How Children Learn by John Holt. And I was very intrigued with the things that he was writing because I I could definitely see that. I saw that my daughter was passionate and curious and excited about learning and excited about life. And then at the flip side, I would see my students in high school that were miserable and bored and apathetic and just seemingly not interested in anything that we were learning about. Um, in our algebra two class. And so I saw that dichotomy and I was like, okay, what happens between this super excited four or five-year-old and this absolutely miserable 15-year-old? And so I actually ended up listening to a podcast by Pamela Ricchia called Exploring Unschooling. And her podcast was kind of my first introduction to the word unschooling. Um, and when I listened to her podcast, I just remember thinking there is no way that is possible. Like there is just there's just no way. I had spent a good portion of my career as a reading teacher, so I'm like, how can she say that kids can learn how to read? Like that was my whole job. like people paid me well to teach their children how to read and yet here she is saying that kids can learn how to read without anyone teaching them and I just, thought there's just no way. Um, so I kind of figured I would play a little experiment with my daughter. Um, actually she went to public school. She went to public pre-K for two hours a day. And in those two hours, it was terrible. She came home every day crying, um, and would talk about her teacher screaming at the kids and the kids would bully her and make fun of her. And, Um, And then she came home one day from preschool saying that her teacher had grabbed her by the wrist and dragged her to timeout. Um, And we, you know, because we're gentle parents, we don't do timeout. And she had these marks on her wrist. And so I was like, okay, that's it. No more. Um, So she did go to public school for a very brief, a few months. um, But after that day, I pulled her out and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I will be able to homeschool her, but I'm going to find a way. Um, so that was when I, I figured I would give unschooling a try. And my philosophy was, um, I'm going to go all in. Just like you said, I'm going to give it all I've got. I'm going to like really, you know, all or nothing. And if it goes great, then great. And if it is totally terrible or I hate it or she hates it, we can always change. And so that was kind of my mentality. I figured I'll give it a try. And if it works, awesome. And if not, you know, we're not stuck with this one way. And I knew in kindergarten, I'm like, how bad can I mess up kindergarten? You know, I've taught kindergarten for years. I know she'll be able to recover, you know, the colors and the numbers. She knew most of that already. Um, so I wasn't too worried about messing her up with kindergarten. But I really wanted to observe, like, how can a kid learn how to read? That was probably the biggest thing for me. I was I was terrified that I was going to be the reading teacher with the, re- the child who didn't know how to read. Um that was my my big fear. Um so yeah, so that was how I got started with unschooling. It was kind of this evolving journey from from birth until she, you know, finally went to public school and it was like nope, no more. <laughs>
0: um I wonder what for you are your sort of best bits about unschooling? What are what are the things that you really see in your family life as a result of unschooling that really bring you joy? I
1: love being able to share life together. I think for me, that's been the greatest thing is that all of life can be fun. I love your like live, play, learn. Like, I truly feel like that is the heart of unschooling. Like, we're living together, and literally everything that we do is play, everything we do is fun. Um, there is no like force or coercion in our relationship there's no manipulation there's no bribes there's no threats there's none of that Um, and it's it really is it's just love and appreciation and cooperation and communication and fun and um, so I really enjoy that and I also enjoy being able to see her like growing in her passions um and seeing how a lot of times like my own passions kind of melt over or like overflow into the things that she's starting to become curious about what she wants to do and um so like i published um i've published several books now um, so i published my book about gentle parenting and then i also published a children's series called the crunchy kid series and Um, So my daughter actually said she wanted to write a book for the crunchy kids series. And so she did. And so that was super cool to see, you know, she was so excited to write her own book, um, to be a part of this series that I had created. And so now she actually just published her second book um, last week. And, um, I I don't have that one with me, but uh, I'll send, I'll have to send you the link so you can see it. But yeah, so, you know, she's seven years old and she's published two books already. And I'm just like, that's, I feel like that's incredible, you know, just to see her chasing her dreams and, and, you know, when people ask her like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? She's like, well, I want to be an author, but I already am. You know, it's like, she doesn't have to wait to grow up to be what she wants to be. Like she can be an author right now.
0: So what I will do is in the um show notes for the podcast I will put links to all the things that you have mentioned so your own books that you've mentioned that you've um published your your daughter's uh, contribution we can put those in there as well and the resources that you have found helpful so I will put links to the books that you've mentioned and to Pam Lauder's um podcast um exploring unschooling, which we mentioned quite frequently actually on this podcast also, so but so that all the links will be um available in the um show notes. So what um would you what would you recommend to other families who are beginning their unschooling journey? What would you recommend they do, or where do you recommend they should um you know, like practically, you know, in their home? Um, you know, what, what are the first things that they should look at, look at doing? Um, I would definitely
1: recommend having each person share kind of like their bucket list. Um, because I'm realizing that unschooling isn't just about supporting my children and their passions, but I also get to pursue my own passions too, um, and so having every single person in your family share the things that they want to do or the things they want to accomplish or what they're excited about for that year or a goal that they have, um, I think that's a really, really great place to, to start and then to look for every day to make sure that every person is doing something that they love every single day. Um, that would probably be my, my one piece of
0: advice that you, you know, do, do what you love every day fabulous and how do you see um I don't know what my question is really how do you see I think you've answered it already so maybe I won't ask you that I was going to ask about how you see your children um benefiting from unschooling but I think you've touched a little bit on that um maybe if if there's anything you'd like if there's anything you'd like to add to it um yeah how do you see your children benefiting I think that I
1: see my children as free. Um, I think that they see themselves as free and as people that have valuable contributions to the world. Um, they're not looking for someday when they grow up to be able to have something valuable to contribute to the world or to our family. Um, and they, they know that they are valued today, just how they are, as they are. And Um, So I think that's really cool to see. And then um, just seeing them very sure about what they love and seeing them enjoying life. I mean, I I remember working with kids or tutoring kids in all these different subjects that they hate and just seeing how miserable they were and realizing that, you know, learning can and should be fun. And, And if it's miserable for you or if it's miserable for your kid, something's off, you know? um, it it can, and it should be fun. And so if it's not, then, you know, that should be kind of a warning sign to you that, that we need to change something. Um, whether that be, I don't know, holding off on something or not trying to force or pressure something quite at that moment. Um, if they're not enjoying what they're doing, I mean, life is too short (laughs) to be miserable, I feel like. Um, and yeah, so I think the more that you can create, joy in your home and and happiness for yourself and your kids I think that's that's the goal you know that our kids can be happy and healthy you can now support the
0: podcast on ko-fi that's ko-fi where you can contribute via a one-off collection of five pounds or by subscribing monthly monthly subscribers receive pre-releases on blog posts, uh, previews uh, for the podcasts and uh, free access to monthly webinars and more um, as a thank you for your ongoing support. So if you are a regular listener, I would like to invite you to contribute via kofi.com forward slash live, play, learn. Of course, if that's not within your capabilities right now, I continue to welcome you here just as you are, and thank you for listening and taking time to consider unschooling in your family. And now back to our unschooling conversation. Yeah, one of the things I say um, quite a lot is do more of the things that you love, and yeah. that's sort of um, you know when I'm when I'm um, trying to. In, encourage families to to sort of live an unschooling lifestyle or you know to sort of continue on their unschooling journey you know it's one of the things I say a lot you know the, the things that you should be seeking to do are the things that you you love you know and do those until you don't love doing them anymore then go yeah. then go and do something <laughs> do else, something else. You, know, uh-huh. you know just go wherever that um go wherever that's lead you you know and it's okay for us to and it's okay for our children and us as well um to enjoy what we're doing we have this weird sort of concept that it's the separation of work and play or work and and you know leisure time you know in in children it would be maybe what more work and play um Mm -hmm. you know and work and learning comes under the work back you know umbrella Mm -hmm. And work and learning has to be serious and hard work and you've got to concentrate and you know there's got to be some effort put into it and it just doesn't have to be like that like you can enjoy what you're doing and love what you're doing and be interested in what you're doing and learn at the the same time Um, in fact we often say or I often say that um, learning under those conditions is actually more effective, more efficient. Um, you know, there was actually more you're being interrupted by tea. That is Thank a worthwhile you. interruption. Oh definitely. <laughs> yeah, and under those um under those um conditions Um, there's actually more growth and more um, connection in in your mind and the learning that's going on because you're relaxed and because you're enjoying it. So yeah, so go out there and and do more of the things um, you love. And you've touched on a topic that quite often comes up in um, the conversations I have, which is, um, well, I I think it touches on the the topic of self-care. It's not you know unschooling is about how we educate our children um and how we uh live our lives with them um but we are part of that equation and Mm -hmm. that means that we should be actively caring for ourselves as well and part of that as you say is thinking what brings me joy what do i want to spend my time um doing um and when our children are small that can be um it can be quite difficult to fit those things in and we have to be quite creative maybe um yeah. or thinking sort of really small um you know like I used to think in much smaller chunks in terms mm-hmm. of you know what am I what do I need today um yeah. well today I would really like a shower and today I would like I'm mean, drinking tea is quite a big thing in my life I, I like it taking a moment to drink tea mm-hmm. um and, you know, as they grew up, I had time, more time for um, bigger pursuits or longer pursuits or things that I could maybe um, do in small bits. So I um, taught myself how to crochet. I use this example quite a lot, taught myself how to crochet. Um, and that's something that I found quite easy to, you know, I could do some then if, and I could do that with my children in the same room if they were happy doing something um or if they were at um you know if we were at the park or something and i would sit and do that um but it was also something that i could like quite easily just put away yeah you know if they needed me mm-hmm. um so i you know i think we have to be a little bit aware of you know what our children need as well um but the importance that says you know we matter we matter too and we have to nourish ourselves too otherwise we end up in a position where we are not able to support our children fully because mm-hmm. we don't have the sort of reserves or the energy um, or the capacity to do that because we haven't actually actively taken care of ourselves. So I am going to ask you to share what, I mean, obviously you like writing because you've <laughs> you've written some books, but is there anything um, else that you do that helps you to take care of yourself and your needs, like more on a daily basis? Um, What are the things that are important to you? What do you need? Um, Well, I'm actually
1: very blessed. My best friend lives with me. And so she helps me a lot. Um, And my I I actually live in um, a basement apartment where my parents are. And so my parents are right upstairs. And so they're here too. And it's, it's such a blessing to be able to have kind of a little community so close. Um, so if I'm you know needing a break or something like that, or I want to, I don't know, spend some time reading. I really enjoy reading. Um, I like to play the piano. I also, I would like to learn how to crochet. It's on my list, um, I, but I know how to knit. Um, so sometimes I will do that too. Um, and so it's nice. I'll be like, you know, all right, it's time for you to spend some time with your grandparents and my kids will go up and spend some time with my mom and dad and I'll get a chance to, I don't know, do something, (laughs) read a book or something like that. Um, or get the laundry done or, you know, any of the other things that, that, that have to be done that sometimes I try not to do when I'm with them so I can be present with them. Um, but yeah, it, it is important to, to be able to have that that time um and to be able to have that balance but it, it makes a difference to have people in your life that can support you and um and in, in having that that time and that flexibility to be able to care for yourself too
0: yeah so you've, that's the second time you've mentioned community actually I mean obviously you they're specifically talking about um people that are very um close to you in terms of your relationships with them um and having um them on board with, um, what you're doing and being able to, um, support you, um, in that, in your, in your home actually is fantastic. Um, but previously you also mentioned, you know, your community in terms of, um, you know, the, the contact you have with other parents and unschooling families, um, and how you, um, make contact with them regularly and make an, you know, make this effort to, um, cultivate, um, relationships for yourself and, and for your children, which is, uh, really important. And I highly recommend, um, that people, even if they can't do that in real life, or even if they're struggling to find people local to them in real life, that they, um, reach out online. There are lots of online communities that people can do that because when we are, um, You know, when we're choosing to parent in a way that is countercultural, you know, we quite often. Well, we can ask those people those questions, can't we? We can go to those people and say, I'm really tired. I've had a really difficult week, um, you know, and share those things with those people. But in my experience, their default answer is always, um, have you considered putting your children in school? (laughs) <laughs> um as if that's the answer to everything and as if all your problems are going away are going to go away if you yes. if you do that um but actually what you need is a community that's able to relate to you and yes. to be able to support you and say well actually um you know maybe your kids can come and play with my kids for the afternoon and you can take a break or um you know have you thought about um doing you know changing what you're doing slightly in this area um so it just changes you know the dynamics of that situation slightly or um you know having people who have been there or having people who understand that you don't want to you know put your child in timeout is not the answer that you're looking for um so that you're getting support that is in line with um your parenting philosophy and your educational philosophy so yay to community and to having parents on board that are available and willing to um help out that's um that is certainly um it certainly sounds like um a blessing um for you yes
1: it is yeah i mean truly having a community does make all the difference i feel like most parents, when they start homeschooling, that's always been the biggest fear that I feel like they share is, oh, if I homeschool, my kid won't get to socialize. Um, Which I always thought that was kind of a bizarre fear because I'm like, have you been in like a classroom recently? Like everyone's like, sit down, shut up, do your work. Like there's no socializing that's happening in classrooms for the most part. Um, so I always thought that was kind of bizarre, but I, that was something that was very important for me that, um, you know, if I was not going to be putting her in this schooling environment, I wanted to make sure that we were cultivating friendships that did share our values and did share our beliefs and that would be able to support us and, um, and growing, you know, that, that community that is so important to, to, navigating this journey, you know, together and being able to help one another and serve one another. And, um, yeah, it is, it is very important, but I I like that you mentioned even just having that, that support online too, um, because it can be hard to find local people who feel the same way. Um, although there are out there, I feel like once you find some, it just kind of spreads like wildfire, you know, um, But yeah, definitely joining, uh, groups on, on Facebook has been really helpful for me and looking up unschooling groups and, um, local unschooling groups. That's been really, really helpful. And if there's not something creating it, that was the other thing too, I think is really, really important. You know, if, um, if you're out there and you feel like there's no one around that's doing something that you would want for your kids, then go ahead and create that for them. And offer that to other children in your community and see who shows up um so that's that was what i did with my you know with our field trips on tuesdays and thursdays and it's been wonderful to see you know over 100 families now that that are a part of that and um just to see that growing you know just by providing a space i mean literally is nothing else than today we're going here and and just providing that opportunity and seeing people show up and because they're wanting connection and community
0: too so yeah yeah Fabulous. So, gentle parenting is um, where it all began for you. And I know that you are going to be um, talking and sharing about gentle parenting at a seminar. Um, So, I feel like I should give you the opportunity to um, explain what, what, you know, where you're going to be doing this and what you're going to be talking about. Yes,
1: um, I would love to. Thank you. So I'm actually speaking at the Gentle Christian Parenting Summit Um, which is going to be taking place next week, which is October 4th through the 8th. Um, So I believe this episode will air after that. Um, But even if you miss the live version, you can still register. It is a virtual summit. And so there are over 20 different speakers um, that are sharing different aspects about um, gentle parenting, Christian parenting, um, I'm actually going to be having two sessions, one about gentle parenting and the gospel. So gentle parenting as a Christian. Um, and then another one uh, that is called Disciplining and Discipling Like Jesus, um, uh, which is actually going to be a book that I should be releasing. I'm hoping it will be able to be released before December. Um, so disciplining and discipling like Jesus that goes into the more practical strategies of how do you um parent. What are these tips and tricks and strategies that we use to parent like Jesus um, after we choose that we're, we're not going to spank. We're not going to punish. We're not going to manipulate or threat or coerce when all those tools that, that, most of us use um, when we decide not to use those tools anymore, what tools will be used instead. So that will be that session. And um, and I'm actually also going to do a bonus session. So for people that get the all access pass, you'll have lifetime access to all the videos. And I will have a bonus session in there talking about gentle parenting and schooling um, and specifically how gentle parenting really paves the way into unschooling, because I truly believe that as gentle parents, unschooling is the natural fit of how to approach schooling in a way that aligns with our values as gentle parents. So I'm really, really excited about, about that session because I know a lot of gentle parents do homeschool. um, But I, I do think it's important for us to really think about even in, you know, a more structured or formal school at home dynamic that there still are those elements of force and coercion that just aren't there when we choose to unschool. So I'm excited to share the gift that is unschooling with with, uh, the gentle parenting community.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. Um, We are doing sort of a reverse uh, recording soon where um, Angela is going to have the opportunity to ask me all the questions and and I will get to um, answer those for her on her podcast which is called Peace World Schooling. Is that right? Did I get that right? The Peaceful yeah. World Schooling Podcast. Peaceful. Yeah. peaceful. There you go. Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, which I will also put a link to um, in the show notes. And listeners can join me again uh, next month in the next uh, episode of Unschooling Conversations, which I have no trailer for this, this episode. So it will be a complete surprise for everyone. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Angela. Thank you, Heidi.